and weakness. Always go for the throw. Buy low, sell high. Fear, that's the other guy's problem. Biz Talk Radio is proud to bring you... Investor's Edge with Gary Kultbaum. Straight talk about you and your money. You can reach Gary now at 877-747-EDGE. That's 877-747-3343. Here is your host, Gary Kultbaum. And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. I'm Gary Kultbaum, your host. Thanks for being with us today. Glad you're here, ladies and gentlemen. Happy that you are listening. It is uh, Wednesday, February 13th, and it's uh, 2019. Whew. And we're here to talk about our days and our weeks, and our months, and our years, and all that other stuff in between. We will do the market. We'll do all the news out of D.C. and all that stuff. Let me tell you how my day started. Uh, Yesterday, uh, I I have a great computer people, and they came in uh, to the office to fix some things, update, and they updated some uh, virus software. And uh, for whatever reason, nobody knows it corrupted all the computers down. And of course, yesterday, I had a phone in the show. Well, I get up this morning, and I go to the office, not knowing that my computers at the office, I knew my laptops were in trouble, all the computers at the office are down. So I'm trying to figure out what to do, how to do it, and my laptops, which I take with me on trips, are dead, what am I going to do? And I just blinked and went to Best Buy, bought two new laptops, uh, put on my systems, which includes uh, the quotes from Thompson, who I use, uh, Market Smith, the charts, and, and the easy. then there's all the easy, easy stuff. Now, it used to be my quotes take a while, but they changed everything to do things through the cloud. took five minutes to bring them up. Then... My computer people came to the rescue. After going through things and diagnostics, this, diagnostics, that, they got everything back up. And I have two new laptops. Now, interesting enough, Best Buy used to have to pay to give them back. Well, I got two weeks to give them back. I think I'm going to keep one, give the other one back. And they're really good, really fast. I got Dell computers for the first time in a while. Give Michael Dell some money. But you know what I realized more than anything? We can't live without computers now. When I was young, in co- I think it was high school, is when we started getting the gist of computers. Like, what was it called? Fortran or something like that? Fortran? Is that, does that remind you of anything? I think it does. Anyway, it was just cards that you stick in and you pull them. Uh, it, it was nothing. But I remember my school days. We had the Encyclopedia Britannica a year old. That was our information. Imagine, our kids don't know this. We had no way of pressing a button and wanting to know how to do brain surgery. Speak Spanish. The 10 best things to do on the Amalfi Coast of Italy. And I was reading about somebody the other day and they were saying that I'm getting off the grid. It's too much. There's too much information. It's overload. I can't. Here's my answer to that. I can't get off the grid. Forget even the market part. I am a sponge on current events and things. 
As I told you, and I wasn't making it up, my mornings consist of Wall Street Journal, New York Times, local paper, USA Today. On the web, I have about four other different venues that I coast through Twitter and I get their feed. People I trust. And this morning, except for my phone, which was working, I couldn't do squat. And I'm not a phone guy. I took Facebook off my phone, Instagram. I took so much stuff off my phone and I just deal with the computer thing. And I just realized I need to have better fail-safes today. Because I must tell you, I am about as level, easygoing. I'm a big believer this isn't a dress rehearsal. I've seen too many people just hate life. I know people worth 30, 40 million bucks that hate life. They're mad every day. They're unhappy every day. They're anguished every day. There's a bunch of them. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I know money doesn't buy happiness, but gee whiz. Because in downtown Orlando, we have several people that are there all the time, homeless. And I'm always getting them sandwiches and drinks, not alcohol, taking care of them. And I'm thinking to myself, these people don't have a pot to piss in, and they're living on the street. If I meet these people that... 10,000 square foot homes, and they can't be happy. And I'm just thinking about myself today. I finally, today was a day for a few hours where I couldn't handle it. My wife looking at me and she says, this is not you. I said, oh, yes, it is. Anyway, that was the day. We're back up. All's well. I'm on a flight tonight to Toronto. We'll be in my Toronto office tomorrow, leaving for the Middle East tomorrow evening. And everything's working A-OK. And all I, I think of to myself right now, we used to have this one-year-old encyclopedia. We knew nothing. How did you learn back then? How did you know what was going on back then? And yes, I know the downside of this information flow. I look at Twitter feeds. I didn't know there's that many psychopathic people in this country, in this world. That is a critic of everything. Some of the crap that people say to each other on Twitter, oh my goodness. It's not debate, it's viciousness. But man, I can go to Google and if I got hemorrhoids, I can... What should I do about my hemorrhoids? And it'll give me a tutorial on how to take care of... I didn't say I had hemorrhoids. I'm just giving you an example. So tell your kids how Gary felt today not having all this flow of information that even I could not handle it and how lucky they are to live in this day and age. And there is no excuse in blue hell... To not know a lot of stuff. The only excuse would be is if you could not afford a computer. And I know there's that out there. But I'm to- I haven't been to a public library. I'm told there's plenty of free computers there too. Anyway, I just wanted to make this point to explain my day today. And what a newfound respect I have for technology when I did not have technology. Up next, full market wrap. And all that stuff. Thanks for being here. This is the one only investors engine. 
It's time to switch on the integrator units and get the brain cells working. You're listening to... Hey, this promises to be fun. Investor's Edge. The last bastion of quality programming. With Gary Caldwell. It doesn't get better than this. Better yet, just to put the cherry on the whipped cream and on top of the cake, I just got notified from Air Canada. My flight was supposed to leave at 9 p.m. tonight to go to Toronto. I get notice it's now leaving at midnight, and then another notice that now says it's leaving at 1 a.m. Is there any weather? I guess there's a lot of weather tonight. Anyway, I have a 1 a.m. flight to Toronto tonight. (laughs) Happy days. And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. If you do not get this show in your city, go to GaryK.com. You can listen live or archive. We're live 6.06 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. Also at GaryK.com. You can follow me on Twitter. Just press the button. Go to Twitter at Gary Kalpom. You can email me. Just be nice. Read our commentary articles we post. If you want to hear what we're doing, like to hear what you're doing, press the money management button. Press the subscribe button to get our notes. And ConvictionLeaders.com. ConvictionLeaders.com. Right there at GaryK.com. Uh, on the day, uh, Dow 117, S&P 8. NASDAQ only up 5. NASDAQ 100 only up 1. And actually, we closed kind of on a sell today for a change. Socks up four. Yeah, we were up much better at three o'clock. Transport's up 51. Uh, The news keeps changing. So beats the heck out of me. In case you don't know, there's a thing going on with another shutdown. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. And uh, I was too busy paying attention to computers today that I really did not... uh, pay much, but I know there's some sort of deal and there's some sort of this, that, and the other thing and blah, blah, blah and this, that, and this, that, and all I can tell you is we hit $22 trillion of debt yesterday. These politicians that have been, many of them, many of them have brought us to $22 trillion of debt. Now, I want to simplify it for each and every one of you because we just had a State of the Union. I think I'm repeating myself from yesterday a little bit, but that's okay. We just had a State of the Union address where they didn't mention debt or deficits. He didn't mention debt or deficits. We had a rebuttal, did not mention it, but basically the story is we send government a certain amount of money every year based on taxes, which means based on the economy, the markets, and all that, how much taxes we're going to spend based on how many people are working, how much they're making. We send them taxes based on what we can, we're able to write off. We send them taxes. And, of course, we send them federal. We send them state. In some cases, no. Some cases, a lot. We have local taxes. And, of course, then there's, there's all these other taxes that have been out there that we really don't even think about. By the way, go look at your airline ticket and see what taxes are on there. Go look on your phone bill and see what taxes are on there. And, and I can go on and on. But we send them a lot of money. We send them a lot of money throughout the years, and it goes up every year. We sent them a record this year amount of money. And keep in mind, this comes out of us to them. And their job is to responsibly, efficiently, and effectively respect our hard work on our tax dollars and put that money to good use. Instead, they have spent $22 trillion more than we sent them, and here's how it happened. Here's why. They got to a trillion. And nobody gave them a lot of crap. Nobody gave them a lot of crap. So they went to one and a half trillion. 
and nobody gave him a lot of crap. Hey, you know, no big deal. Let's go to two trillion. And nobody gave him a lot of crap. So let's go to three trillion. And nobody gave him a lot of crap. So let's go to five trillion. Nobody gave him a lot of crap. So let's take it up to seven trillion. And nobody gave him any crap. And what was happening was very simple. And we're good. We can fund this. The great big thing is, oh, percentage of GDP, it's not a no big deal, even though it used to be a sin to run these debt and deficits. So we'll go do an Iraq war, and don't worry about it. We'll just do an Iraq war. And that cost a couple of trillion bucks, no big deal. Yeah, who cares? So we go up to 10, 11, and then Barack Obama becomes president. And immediately puts an $800 billion stimulus out there. And there's something called baseline budgeting, which means once you spend it, it always stays there every year. So under Bush, we ran up about five, six trillion of debt. Under Obama, about nine trillion of debt. And of course, under Obama, he was God. He doesn't do anything wrong. He's perfect. The media loved him. And that's fine. But not once reported on the debt and deficits. And any time it came up, oh, well, we had to because of the disaster in 2008. Really? So in 2015, seven years later? And then comes Donald Trump. The Donald Trump. The conservative Donald Trump. Along with Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell. Remember Paul Ryan, my hero. He was my lifeline. As you know, I'm a deficit and dead hawk. That Paul Ryan was this deficit hawk that was going to come in and really do something about it. And he started talking about it, and then he got ripped to shreds. He put his tail between his legs and became one of them. So under Donald Trump, the great conservative Donald Trump, we've added a couple more trillion. And you know what Donald Trump did with Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell? He stuck, stuck the middle finger back at the taxpayer. They actually raised spending a quarter, billion, a quarter trillion a year under the guise that, oh, we need to help the military, even though the military's numbers have skyrocketed throughout the years. So we have trillion-dollar-a-year deficits as far as the eyes can see, $22 trillion of debt, first $500 billion of our tax dollars going towards interest, and all is well. Up next, we'll finish that off, and much more. I'm Gary. This is the one only Investor Day. You're listening to... America is talking... Investor's Edge. you got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. With Gary Coltbaugh. I'm highly recommended. You're going to feel better if you talk to Welcome once again to Investor's Edge. Uh, thanks for being with us today. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, oh, great. It is correct. My flight that was leaving tonight at 9 p.m. now is leaving at 1 a.m. I get into Toronto at 3.45 a.m. Yay! Wow. U.S. weather radar. Let's see what's going on here. Look how I do this with you guys. Real-time alerts. Doppler weather radar across the United States. Oh, yeah. Looks like there's a doozy up that east coast. Yep. Okay, fine. Doesn't look bad in Canada. It just looks up the east coast, and I guess that's what's doing the trick. Anyway, I was reading somebody who said that it's okay because percentage of GDP, debt to GDP, is not so bad, and we can cover it. Yeah, really. So I emailed the person, and I have yet to get the answer, but what about the $500 billion that's going to interest? That could go to so many things. And that's, by the way, every year. You do realize 
It's $2.5 trillion over the next five years. That's our tax dollars. You know our tax dollars are supposed to go towards what? Roads, bridges, streets, sewers, schools, what, airports, runways, welfare, help the poor, downtrodden, indigent, children, elderly. What else? National parks? Anything else? And nobody gives a crap. And just nobody cares. And you know what the problem is? Let's say 10 years from now, things explode. One side will blame the other. The other side will blame the one side. And I don't know what the fix is going to be. And I'm reading some numbers about the shape of things to come five or ten years from now, but they're using numbers based on GDP is going to grow two and a half percent, interest rates are going to be at two. What if interest rates went to five, which is a normal number? What if we have a recession or two? It is possible. So anyway, I thought it, it, it just somewhat imperative for me to continue to let you know how I feel about this. Because nobody else seems to care. So I'll be one of the lone voices out there. And the people that are supposed to care the most, Secretary of the Treasury, the head of the Central Bank, don't give a crap. Nary a word. And here's the interesting thing. Howard Schultz is running, may run for president. You know what his number one thought process is? Government spending, size of government, and they're ripping him to shreds. They're tearing him from limb to limb. Amazing, huh? And my goal is not to scare you. My goal is to tell you the facts. We're down a road that I don't know if there's any coming back from. The worst possible scenario occurred in Trump, Ryan, and McConnell. Worst possible scenario. Yeah, you Trumpsters, you conservative Trumpsters. I thought you guys hated debt and deficits and big government. We'll keep you abreast of it as we move forward. Simple as that. Markets. We're getting a little dose of 3M, Home Depot, coming up the right side now. That's what happened with the Dow today, though it came back. The uh, NASDAQ was much stronger. That came down towards the end of the day. But maybe just need some pulling back here a little bit. Not, nothing to get twisted over. Um, still above the 50-day moving average on every major index at this point in time. Uh, not everything's above the 200-day moving average. Uh, that would help. But... I would, I would have to tell you, if this thing sat around for two or three weeks, I'd be thrilled. But I know the market's moving based on, oh, whether we're going to have a shutdown or not, whether we're going to meet with China or not, whether there's going to be a trade deal or not, or who knows what, or whether Jay Powell speaks or not. And I got a lot of emails from people on my little thought process about markets going up while the economies have been going south. Again, there's only one answer to that, and that's the easy money of the central banks that are back to that again, even though they really never left it, and they tease leaving it. 
New highs have really not picked up that much, though there are some. And interesting enough, all the talk right now is of earnings recession and earnings growth has come down to hardly anything. But market doesn't care or it sees something else as we move forward. And there is the story. Do you want to mention that oil prices? Heading a little bit northbound here, a little bit. So better action today in the uh, oils. Though still no leadership in that complex at all. There have been times in the past where oil were the big leaders. They are not at this juncture. Same goes for most of the commodities, even though they are off their floor. And as more leadership, if more leadership shows up, we'll let you know. Like may I mention today that Hilton, the hotel was up five bucks today to 79 on their earnings, almost two times average. The stock has basically done nothing for uh, 15 months, but is now coming up the right side off of that news today, which helped the other hotels today. All of them coming up the right side a little bit at this juncture too. So just another area that's been comatose, getting a little bit of a bid off of numbers. And the one thing we have not had to do in the past few weeks is say to you, this group is breaking down badly. We've had some pullbacks. We mentioned the financials, but they rifled back up the last couple of days. Stalled a little bit today, but back up for the last couple of days. The managed care stocks were getting slaughtered. Boom, they popped up yesterday. So if I am or when I am able to tell you oh, this one is topping out badly, this one's done, then you'll know. Right now, we drift higher into middle of the range, and actually, in the case of the Dow, a little more than the middle of the range, where things will get tougher. As people who bought five months ago are thanking the Lord they are back to even. Up next on the edge. News of the day and whatever else, I don't care. Thanks for being here. This is the one that we You're listening to. What are you waiting for? One, two, ready, go. Action! Investor's Edge. With Gary Kopa. And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. Yesterday, I got another scam call. But I didn't know how big of a scam call it was. I get a call from some guy. And may I say, I thought I was speaking to Scooby-Doo. That's how he sounded. Rope me, Raggy. He sounded like a cartoon on the call. So obviously I wasn't taking it serious. But whenever this happens, I'm obliged to let you know. Because amazingly, I got that call yesterday. And this morning, USA Today has an article on this latest scam. And I'm thinking to myself... How in anybody's logical world would they ever fall for this? I get a call from this guy telling my social security number has been suspended. That it's been used for drug deals. And that they are investigating if I am involved. My social security suspended. So I went along for the ride. And of course, they asked me my address, which they already had, my name, they asked me for my birth date, and then they asked me for my social security number. 
And I asked him, who are you? And he was running around. Finally, I just said, hey, you know what happens in jail? And I threw a few little four-letter words at him. The guy laughed. Conversation over. Go look at USA Today. And here's why I bring it up. Because these people would not be doing it if some people aren't falling for it. It was such a doofus-like scam call. Me, Mr. Logic, would not know how anybody would fall for this stuff, but obviously they do. So let me be a little repetitive for you guys. You know, we do markets here. We do complain about D.C., but we also talk about how to protect you from you. Number one, if anybody guarantees you big gains in anything, run for the hills. Their favorite places to guarantee you, believe it or not, because they use religion so religiously, they'll do it in your temple, in your church, in your mosque, does not matter where, and they'll make up any kind of scam whatsoever. My favorite ones throughout the years, oh, we buy cigarettes in Massachusetts and sell them in California, we're food diverters, we'll buy uh, 100,000 bucks of Cheetos in uh, Des Moines, Iowa, and sell them in Portland, Oregon, and we get the dollar and a half spread, and we make 150 grand, and we want to cut you in. Those are some of my favorites. And of course, the 4,000 companies that have purportedly have oil wells that have called me. By the way, that is not an exaggeration. Throughout the years, I have gotten three, four, five, ten thousand calls from oil companies from all cities in Texas and Oklahoma that have wells. And uh, because I'm so special, they're calling me. Just happened to call me. And of course, the newest things now are the wonder drugs and everything having to do with weed. TCB, TCB, I don't know, THC, infused this, that, and the other thing. Oh, and we expect 300% gains. And I said to the guy, 300% gains? He said, yeah. How much should I buy? Well, how much do you have? And then I just said to him the simple question, why are you calling me? Why are you using anybody else's money if you can have 300% gains? Oh, well, we want to spread the wealth. And, of course, your emails from Nigeria that the king of Nigeria died and the prince has 12 million bucks and has to get it out of there to the states and he chose you. All we need is your banking information. And when he gets there, you take 20 percent. Will you take the other 80 percent? You make yourself a couple of million bucks. Yay. Well, what happened to this person that uh, wanted me to manage some money for them because they said they have three million bucks coming in? I said, how do you get three million bucks coming in? Oh, they invested in some Mercedes-type dealership and this, that, and the other thing in uh, Singapore or Thailand or something like that. And they uh, first wanted twenty-five grand, and then I sent another twenty-five, and I'm into them for three hundred thousand bucks now. And they keep telling me the money's coming, and now they're threatening me instead of telling me that I am uh, a violating IRS rules and if they in other words the web and you know I get some emails Gary why are you wasting our time for this well there's billions of dollars being lost by average Americans and desperate Americans you know the desperate Americans that go for that big gigantic scam here the lottery so again whenever these things bubble up whenever these things show up and remember whatever's hot that's where the scams come from I'm not getting any calls on bitcoins anymore those scams. And I read to you about that 150 million, 200 million bucks of coins that have been gone, and supposedly the guy died, and he's the only one with the password. Yeah, sure, right, yeah, right. So they've gone by the wayside. Who knows what's next? Who knows what bubble Jay Powell's going to create that people are going to try and scam you on? Word to the wise. Hope you're listening. Have a great evening. Drive carefully. When you get home, do like we do. Simple procedure. Make sure you hug your children. Play my own.
this clean edit of Investor's Edge created by Stu Lander. Follow me at twitter.com slash s-t-o-o-l-a-n-d-e-r.